Hello and welcome to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, where I, Michelle Carville, interview business leaders around the practicalities of how, in this hyper-connected digital age, they are embracing digital technologies to tune in and connect and communicate. You can find all episodes of the podcast together with show notes via our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. In this episode of the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, I'm delighted to interview Tim Williams. Tim has over 15 years experience connecting brands with their key influencers across political, traditional media and social media channels. He joined Onalytica in 2012 and became CEO in 2014. Tim has personally led the influencer program strategy and implementation for brands such as Microsoft, Barclays, IBM, Coca-Cola, Thomson Reuters, the Gates Foundation, the British Heart Foundation and RSPB, helping them to incorporate social influencer relations into their marketing and communication strategy. Okay, so Tim, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's a pleasure being here. Great. So like many of the people that I have interviewed on this podcast, our paths crossed via the wonderful conversations that were going on around uh, a topic on Twitter. So I then explored a little bit more about what you were talking about because we were all part of the similar conversation. And of course, I thought, here is a perfect candidate for uh, my podcast. So here you are, CEO of Onalytica, and you are active yourself as a leader on social media, leading from the front. I've seen you with your, you know, doing lives, uh, sharing insights and uh, great pieces of advice about not only the work that you're doing, but actually practical things that people who may want to work with you or, or just generally, you know, just great general thought leadership content that you're sharing out there. So tell me a little bit about your journey with social media and why as, you know, a leader, you are you are active on there pretty much day in, day out. Sure. And, and thank you for those kind words. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Gen X. You know, I was born in the 70s. And so I wasn't really majorly into social media in my 20s and 30s. I was just using Facebook for keeping in touch with friends and LinkedIn at work uh, because I was in sales roles just to learn more about customers and prospects. And, and what's quite interesting is I went to San Francisco in 2008 um, when someone mentioned uh, Twitter, but they said it in an American accent, so it was more like Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I thought, you know, this seems like a really stupid you know, business. You know, there's uh, just a few words that are pushed out on this social network, and I thought it was pretty abstract to human life. Uh, so it, it, it's very ironic that I'm now running a social networks, uh, you know, analytics business six years later, um, and then uh, that's when I started uh, Analytica, um, and then you know into 2020. So, um, so my my journey was I wouldn't say that I'm a millennial that social media is in my blood. Uh, it was a big opportunity to uh, to draw insights from social media and to communicate better with. Uh, with people's target audience, and I think brands need a lot of help. Uh, so I, I, it was really the business opportunity, and then seeing how these wonderful networks like Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram, etc., um, are actually making a big difference in business. 
And, and that's so interesting because that was exactly my view of Twitter all those years ago. You know, I remember somebody showing to me, I'm going like, what? You know, uh, how is how is this going to be interesting? But from a marketing perspective, so, you know, you're from this sales background. I was from, you know, the marketing, marketing sales, so inextricably linked. And um, it was really, as you say, that opportunity to to see that here were people having real conversations about real stuff that was going on, views, some of them interesting, some of them not. But, you know, the conversations that brands could listen into and could glean insights from, that business opportunity is still very much there, isn't it, as, a, as an opportunity? And, and, of course, the area that you've moved into is more around um, the influencer side of things as well. Sure. And I think... I think social media has uh, has obviously had a massive effect, but I think when I've seen organisations uh, being set up, they've got insights uh, teams that are that were very late to the party in drawing unsolicited outcomes out of social media. Then you've got marketing and comms teams that are not analysts and so can't really interpret the social media data uh, into the strategy. So I think that over the past 10 years has been a massive strategic blind spot for a lot of companies. Obviously, that has significantly changed and now social media is is integrated into insights and, and business as usual marketing and comms uh, activity. But I, 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 do, um, I do think that, uh, that it, it's been a, it's been a big you know, seismic shift internally at companies to be able yeah. to leverage the opportunity and social media. I think there's still a big way to go, um, especially when we're talking about getting out there on social media and, and, uh, and spreading your messages. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I always liken it to the fact that, you, you know, I think one of the challenges that we had with social technologies was that they were free and accessible to absolutely everybody. So they weren't a business tool. And, and so, you know, the pushback or, you know, the challenges I've heard over the years when either, you know, consulting in organizations or, you know, trying to shift some hearts and minds around what the social technologies can enable it is that, you know, oh, it's people, you know, taking pictures on their, you know, of their breakfast or when they're out for lunch, there's nothing interesting on there. This is nonsense. You know, 90% of it is nonsense. And, and of course, those insights, like you say, haven't really been the opportunity because they were free tools, because they were never positioned as market research, marketing communications, uh, you, you know, conversational tools within organizations. And, and they were just free activities that, you know, we humans were just working with day in, day out. It's taken that full circle to come around to, to a business application, really. Sure, I couldn't agree more. And, and what frustrates me the most is when, uh, when people are talking in that light to say, I don't really get that channel. It's just people, you know, posting what they've had for lunch or breakfast. But I think quite a lot of the people that are, that have that rhetoric are just not on the channels, don't yeah. understand how, how search works. Because I think, uh, and this was in maybe 2009 to 16 and 17, um, people were just obsessed about their friends and family posting just irrelevant content. But actually, there are these wonderful topical communities around, yeah. it could be climate change with obviously you know, Davos happening at the moment yep. uh, and WEF um, there. It could be on AI. It could be the future of work. Uh, and if you, uh, because we're an analytics company, if you look into the data here, you can see that there are globally 
sometimes two to 5,000 influential voices in each one of these topical communities. Uh, and we've actually looked into how many topical communities there are across you know, business thought leadership areas in industries like finance, tech, mm. healthcare, energy, environment. And, and we believe that there are you know, 500 distinct topical communities that you know, are driving you know, massive conversations going forward. It could be the health tech debate. It could, yep. be, it could be something around, um, uh, around the future of energy. Um, and and there are, you know, uh, there's a critical mass of influential voices on a global level, but also on a local level, if you look at this in the US or Canada, UK, France, Germany, you know, Japan, China, um, all these different local markets, they're also, there's a localized conversation that are driving a lot of influence there. So um, what's really interesting is, is that, you know, is how to um, gain insights from that and how to enter that conversation. And because the influencers and the influential voices there have earned their stripes and really, um, really put in the effort to then influence a lot of the stakeholders and target audience, it's about not having to do that by yourself, but yeah. you know, where, where do you input yourself in that conversation or where do you glean insights from it so that you can you can work out your strategy so when people are saying i don't see the point of these social networks i think they're really looking at it from a from a very sort of simplistic analog um, attitude plus they probably haven't logged into that channel to actually spend 10 minutes looking at what is possible Absolutely. And, and that is always the, the change, isn't it? The shift where you say, well, let's just have a look. Let's do some searches. Let's see what type of things are happening on the channels. And, and then there are the, you know, the eyes wide open. So when you know what to do and you know how to interrogate and extrapolate what you, what you need, you know, from those channels. I mean, it's, you know, they talk about it being the biggest focus group in the world, you know, and if you know what you want to get out from the conversations, um, that then it's rich, it, it's rich and it's relevant. Um, so that's, that's so, so fascinating. And, and again, I think the data really supports and the analysis really supports. I mean, there's, there's case studies, isn't there? So many case studies where organizations have, have literally driven innovation and created new products based on what these consumer groups or influential groups have been saying through social media channels. Sure. It's real-time market research at its best, especially with the FMCG uh, you know, b b yeah. big consumer debates on issues and, you know, in forums and, and, and stuff like that. If you look at the mum community, then that's, that's a good example of, of, of where people can innovate their, their products. So yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah. So when it comes to leadership then, you know, because this is the connected leader and the role of the leader, you as a leader of your organization are very comfortable utilizing these channels because, you know, your business is understanding the power of these channels and, and the power of an influence that can be generated through these channels. What what have you found when you're working with organizations, uh, when you're talking about influence? Are many of their leaders actually physically engaged or are they the ones that are sat there saying, oh, you know, oh, this is this is about, you know, pictures of breakfast? Yeah, I think this is a fascinating point. And what I would say is that at the beginning when I started pushing myself into more of a uh, more of a, a sort of a CEO on social media uh, role and uh, and leader, then I I didn't feel 
completely comfortable at, at the beginning. I didn't expect to feel comfortable, and everyone has to push their their boundaries. So yeah. I, I, I've always believed it's a bit like the analogy on a ski slope. I think if you're not falling over, then you're not then you're not pushing yourself or learning on the ski yeah. slopes. And uh, and I felt like I had to go out there and demonstrate it. And and also you've got to eat your own eat your own dog food. You've got mm. to practice what you preach. We can't say to clients, you know, go out there, it's going to drive amazing impact if you're not doing it yourself and, and not feeling what the impact is and learning all the time. So I think the first time that you're pushing yourself out on social media, you know, it, it doesn't have to feel comfortable. I think that's the first thing. Mm. Um, and you, you know, I very much needed, I think, three to six months to get into my stride. Um, the, the second thing is, when we're looking at exec leaders and pushing out on social media is some people feel like they're the expert in the room and just need a bit of training on how to convey that in social media. And I think other people feel like they're not the, the, the leading expert and so feel a bit uneasy about pushing out their opinion um, on that. And, and what you can do is... Uh, you can find influencers that are experts there and you can integrate yourself into the conversation or interview one of them mm. as a way of, of, of easing yourself into it and being connected to certain thought leadership areas or innovation areas that you want to be known for without having all the answers by yourself. So what, I think there's always a way, and, and this really comes down to the persona of the leader, you know, there are people in a lot of tech companies in in the US. You'll find uh, amazing tech brains, but they might not be too comfortable on stage. I mean, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, for example, or you know, Jimmy Wells from Wikipedia. I don't think that um, uh, that they were natural uh, no. leaders in in social media. Um, you know, at, at the beginning, I don't think Sir Jimmy Wells really raises his head above the parapet too, too much. So they might be a persona that needs some, you know, communications training and and coerce, coercing to get out there. Whereas other people are, you know, fabulous on camera. They really love the limelight, but they need extra expertise, or they they might want to associate themselves with existing, you know, thought leadership experts. So I think it's about your know, comms teams and marketing teams. Uh, and social media teams managing uh, that exec if the exec isn't pushing themselves out there by themselves. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's all really great advice. I like that about the, the idea that, you know, people need different things, don't they? You've got different personalities, and, and I've, I've heard that. I, I mean, I've, I have done a couple of um, coaching of with leaders a couple of times where it's been totally anonymous because there was almost like embarrassment about the fact that they they didn't know what to do and and it's it's really kind of like you know people sometimes shy away from the technologies because they don't know they really just don't know how to to use them but the technologies themselves are are actually rather simple i think as you say it's it's more about finding their position in in their voice as to how they want to communicate and then how you actually translate that through the the different uh, technologies the different channels yeah no, I, I couldn't agree more and actually i think part of the uh, way to unlock uh, the the motivation is to 
show why it's so important and so that execs want to invest the time. Yeah. You know, a lot of business leaders or people that are that are responsible for millions or billions or, or, or the, the main proportion of their revenue will think time on social media could be lost when I'm out there winning clients or retaining revenue you know, as a business leader uh, or doing change management programs. And if, if the if the business case shown to them internally or the education piece is, uh, so you're talking to five people offline in this room or 200 people, but do you want to talk to 15,000 people Yes. You know, per video? And they would, of course, say, oh, yes, I would love to. Do-. So if they feel like they're talking to 15,000 relevant people every time they're on a video, then surely they can't ignore that. Um, then if they've got a few hurdles to be able to not belittle their lack of knowledge, because of course, with new technologies, they do feel out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, one of the uh, great comfort zones, I think, for exec leaders is offline. If they meet someone at an event, or if you have a face-to-face meeting, they're like a house on fire. They talk about passionately about their topics. And that's why the interviews with influencers who are very proficient at social media with the exec who's got the knowledge mm. um, is a perfect blend because then when the uh, if, if if the exec does have support in posting their content with the right hashtags and tagging the right people yes. um, if that profile can be managed and suddenly their video gets seen by 20,000 people uh, they start getting all this inbound they start you know seeing the effect on the business uh, and they can't get enough of it but if they don't get to that point and the progress is too slow or they see it as a waste of time, uh, they tend to shut down. And I think that is the, it is the nut that we try and help people to crack mm. um, and is the most sort of um, interesting behavioral psychology uh, barrier that I see uh, with exec. That absolutely. I mean, that, that fear of that fear of nobody being interested, you know, uh, uh, you, you know that, that that's a reality. And, and you know, I've just been reading the Edelman um, Trust Barometer report. It, it came out a few days ago uh, for 2020 and uh, looking back at, you know, the insights from 2019. And and it's interesting that last year uh, there was a, a call for more CEOs to be leading, to be taking a stand, to have a voice on key areas uh, around climate, around technology, around sustainability, around, you know, around all the, the key aspects of um, skills and upskilling and making sure future-proofing, uh, all of those key areas. And, and more of us are expecting that leaders are visible and that they have a voice and that they are able to communicate. And of course, we're expecting them to be able to communicate on channels that the majority of people connect and communicate on, which includes social media. You know, it's not only social media, but it's a it's a big part of of the way we connect and communicate. Sure. So so what what advice do you have for you, you know, not only is it about seeing because of course if there's a business case for doing it and they can see the rewards from aligning with another part of a conversation or another influential cause and, and they are part of that, that's, that's definitely easing them into it. But what about the being the demand? There is this expectation from their consumers, from their employees that they need to be visible. Yeah, I, I think that's a key point. Uh, to have anonymous CEOs, I don't think looks good as a business. I think they have, uh, and the teams that tend to, with the larger enterprises, they've obviously got teams to help them manage you know, their time 
anything from executive assistants to to marketing and comms teams. So uh, so it's important to focus the exec on the right channel that they feel comfortable with. Um, but I think it's also to set the example for the employees. So if you don't have a social yeah. CEO, then, uh, you know, and, and I know a lot of your your podcasts have, uh, speak to this, that it's the leading by example. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that because I run a business, you know, in you know, influence marketing and social analytics and social media is part of our blood. Um, but if you take a, a business that is not ingrained in that industry, uh, then, uh, then it's harder to get everyone to, um, to cascade all the messages down through social and to find their different voices. Um, so I think that's really important. And the Edelman Trust Barometer also uh, points to the fact that people trust peers um, more than CEOs, journalists, governments, and, yeah. uh, and you know, all, all, all the rest. And so um, the CEO's job, I think, is also to empower the rest of the organization to set that example so that, uh, so that employees can share their own content, they can, they can uh, encourage that culture um, so that the whole organization is, is developing their thought leadership. Um, yes. Because you know, in the olden day, you know, I, don't, I, I tend to sound a bit old now when I say um, uh, stuff like that. So I, I feel like an old man saying it. But, uh, but obviously, there were more traditional broadcasting methods and advertising was really at the fore. And now that advertising is being trusted less uh, and you need to get your messages out there and, and you know, be that, uh, in inverted commas, authentic voice. Yes. Which I think um, for the purpose of this podcast, uh, I would define that as just being um, just genuinely talking in a normal way um, to clients and prospects rather than corporate you know, rhetoric uh, that people don't know what to make of. I think that social media is the perfect medium um, to, for employees to be able to share uh, bite-sized content uh, and to be able to sort of drive that awareness, credibility, and trust. Um, and if the CEO leads that, um, then it sets the example of you know, this is an important priority for the business. Yeah, absolutely. Leads it, or as you say, is just part of it, you know, which gives full permission to to everybody else to continue. Um, yeah, wonderful. Exactly. So, so I mean, it's it's challenging, isn't it? This this future of leadership because um, it is a whole new set of skills. As as we've said, it's not just about managing and steering and driving strategy and you know looking after the business and making sure all of that is you know getting the right teams on board and making sure all of that is successful it's also about now consistently communicating listening tuning in um utilizing in in a more transparent way i mean maybe these things have always happened but 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 we know in a lot of organizations that hasn't happened there's there has over uh, you know in the past and and still today those ivory towers where leaders do not interact with their employees and and i've interviewed in over the last couple of years organizations where employees have said we d- we don't really know what the leadership team does uh, until it comes out and we're told you know that there's an initiative that we have to follow so there is a disconnect there and, and obviously one of Absolutely. the things we're trying to achieve and um, and one of the things i believe is that social media is a bit of a hierarchy buster um you know it breaks down those silos and enables that ability to connect and communicate without geographical boundaries, without hierarchical boundaries. And um, so from a, from a leadership perspective, then, you know, if I was to ask you the question, is 
social media part of the job. What would you say to that? Yeah, I, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think it's I think it's one percent of everyone's role rather than a hundred percent of the social media team's role. Uh, and and I think that's where the big shift has to happen. The you know social media marketing teams are uh, are hired and people who have social media in the title, they get chucked uh, employee advocacy programs, influence marketing programs, <laughs> yeah. like all these. And actually, they don't have the skills for those programs. It, yeah. it, someone says, oh, it's got social media in, the, in it, um, so you should manage it. Uh, and I think that um, you know, we're just probably a couple of years away from that you know, really um, changing where, where people just realize that um, that that is not um, how it should be. So the social media teams uh, should obviously enable and connect all the organizations to have social media as part of their role. Yes. Um, but it does it, it, it does uh, have a part to play. And I, I think that I, I saw one quote, um, uh, and it was it was back in um, it was it was ages ago and way before email, where people were talking about whether email was going to be like uh, important in, in, in business. And now, of course, you couldn't think of a life without no. email. No. And, uh, and, and now I think people are you know, seeing the same with social media, that in, in 10 years' time, I don't think any exec could get a job without, without social media being a really big exponent of their, of their profile. I don't think CVs will be even relevant. I think it'll... Yeah, the, 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 People will just look at profiles, won't they? They'll exactly. Just, yeah. and, and I remember creating a CV a couple of years um, back just from an app that just connected with all of my social networks yeah. and made my CV. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think there's a choice, but how this is integrated within a business is very, very challenging, um, both for, um, for, for small, medium-sized businesses and obviously the larger enterprises. And I think that your, your hierarchy... Buster um, analogy is really, really good because the social media strategy also can replace the internet uh, in there. So you can look at social media to fight. Say if you've got 10,000 employees or 100,000 employees, you can find out that most of them like cycling or or, going to music festivals. And and you can feed different messages through to them and you can connect up the, uh, the, the, the employee retention strategies with HR, with motivational videos, with educational content and uh, and it just is the the medium to to bring everyone together yeah Yeah. I I mean I'm I'm actually personally way more excited about what social technologies can do within organizations rather than you know share that message out I mean the sharing the message out is great but you've got to get it right internally so that you've got that you know that wonderful story built where then you've got your your story straight and you can just share that story out through the channels but but what it can create internally is very exciting i always liken it to like a a newsroom and every single employee regardless of title is a journalist you know they're running around doing looking learning have the ability to report back and if they're reporting back they can report back to either their own channels or some kind of central social media team who then act like the editors and and distribute um potentially on on behalf of the organization if that's if that's relevant but once you can get that working that's very powerful because that really hyper-connects the organization. Sure. Uh, uh, the, the alignment is key, and the internal comm strategy becomes the external comm strategy by default. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Especially in consumer organizations, say, say if it's an uh, organization like McDonald's uh, or franchises, you know, yes. where, where the internal comms, because you can't control all the messages on social media and what people say to their friends. So, um, so that is your external comm strategy, uh, what you communicate to your employees. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, because they are. It's consistent, isn't it? Just continuous conversations. Wonderful tip. So, if you had a piece of advice, is there anything that you think that over the years that you've been active and uh, driving social uh, for yourself and obviously championing it within your organization, what would you, what advice would you give to somebody who is feeling a little bit, oh gosh, I've, I've got to, you know, I've just read the Edelman report. I've got to do something about this now, take a stand, get myself active out there. What, what advice would you give to them? Sure. I think a couple of things. I would find the medium that works best for you. Don't try and create content on all channels and, and overextend yourself, especially if you're worried about, uh, about starting. Uh, and don't worry about it being perfect. I think the research shows that, uh, that the journey is more credible and impactful than being perfect and on corporate message all the time. So I think it's okay to have a normal chat. As long as the, the quality, if you're recording videos, for example, as long as the quality isn't, isn't really bad to watch and, and is painful for the for the listener. I, I think there has to be a certain quality, but it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, when I when I do selfie videos on a on, on a Thursday or Friday uh, on a week to week basis, then I just use my iPhone and a and a D Shake app uh, so that it, so there's not a painful experience for people to uh, to be able to to watch. Uh, but I and they're really I good. I like them. Oh, well, thank you. And, yeah. and, I, and I really just experimented with those and I just wanted to uh, answer questions that, that customers and, uh, and prospects were, were asking day to day and to just give my honest opinion and to encourage the conversation with the influencers that I know have wonderful opinions on the, on the matter. But, you know, I, I say, um, I mix up my words. I, um, you know, they're just a couple of minutes long. And so, it, you know, it's it's not perfect, and uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, perfect uh, or just wheel out the sort of five key messages um, that, that that people have. So I think that's my one uh, main piece of advice. You know, write an article, you know, create a short piece of video content, and you know, a, a, and just release it in the medium that works best. Um, in B two B, then LinkedIn and Twitter, you can release videos on the on both of them, and the organic reach is is very very good. Yeah. Um, uh, and obviously, you can um, you know photos, uh, Instagram and and Facebook are obviously uh, pretty good for the B two C channels. So um, that that's what I would say. And the other part is don't underestimate the power of dark social. I think this is a very uh, you know, a very mm. um, uh, how do, how do I say it, it's it's a it's a misunderstood or even completely unknown phenomenon that people are obsessed with uh, the number of likes or the number of potential views, but then they don't understand how social is consumed. So, if someone posts a video or a piece of content, that there's some people that like it, and there's some people, especially on LinkedIn and Twitter, that might then share that through private messages and then the private messages might be shared in an offline environment and you actually don't know who's seen it at the end of the day but if you're consistent with creating content on a certain topic you will cut through and you will get those opportunities so you don't have to measure 
everything or say that got 30 likes rather than 150. You know, that did five, five times better than my previous video. Uh, dark social is a very powerful way of spreading out your message. Yeah. Um, and so consistency, obviously, over time with the same message uh, is, is a real winner. Yeah, we couldn't agree. And we know, you know, statistically, you only have to look at when you put some paid advertising behind something, the organic reach goes through the roof. And that is not to do with the paid activity. You know, that's because more people are seeing it and then organically looking and going and and doing something with with your content so you know exactly and what I always do with LinkedIn particularly is I will grab the you any URLs and I, I stick them onto WhatsApp and share them into various WhatsApp groups that I've got which just isn't trackable so you know nobody would be Precisely. seeing exactly nobody would be seeing that that's been shared or you know but actually it's gone into a into the hands of a very focused WhatsApp group where every single person is then going to do something with it would, would never be tracked back to that original piece of content necessarily. Exactly. So, so, yeah. so that's how real life works. But if yeah. you speak to, to senior execs and they, they're talking about millions of dollars or billions of dollars and they see 145 likes, they can't equate that to yes. business value. Yes. Um, and so there's a big educational piece for marketing and comms teams and social media teams uh, to be able to... Uh, to be able to present. And I think there's some research from Raconteur recently uh, over the past year when they were uh, interviewing B2B marketing directors uh, that uh, influence marketing is, is one of the top trends with AI, but actually the, the, the biggest challenge is being able to present this to senior management in a mm. credible way because yeah. social media is still uh, a tough conversation for social media professionals to integrate into businesses that aren't naturally on social media. If yeah. you're looking at, um, you know, at, at some you know, property companies or your yeah. finance, more traditional companies, they, exactly. they feel very, um, or, or regulated industries like pharmaceutical. Yes, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree. Yeah, absolutely. More needs to be done about that education. And that's why I keep writing books, Tim. <laughs> well, fantastic. Keep on going. <laughs> yeah, those aspects are in there. We've got a whole chapter on dark social and, and what, what that really means. Um, okay, so thank you so much for your time. I like to just finish up with three very quick fire questions. Um, and they are quick. They're very top ahead. And um, it's just to learn a little bit more about you as as a leader um as one of my connected leaders so if you could change one thing in the world tim the questions are quite big but you know it's just give me give me your first answer what would it be i think i'm going to go uh, personal here rather mm -hmm. than uh, world peace and and uh, and climate change uh, and i would love to freeze the world on a Sunday so I could catch up with my week and not be chasing my tail all the time. I think as a, mm. as a CEO, you really need to be able to have some time to, to, to reset. Uh, and I think life is too fast paced at the moment. It's quite hard to, to have that, that pause time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you listen to the Brian Solis podcast around life scale and digital detoxing and taking time out for yourself. So important for all of us that are spinning a number of plates. So that's great, great advice there. Um, so yes, freeze it, but you've got to make time to freeze it. So uh, not, not easy, but um, important, very important. And what about books? Do you read, Tim? Are you a reader? I am. Uh, okay. I 
you know, I, I love, you know, when I've got time and I love reading uh, more sort of business, you know, motivational. Yeah. So books. tell tell me about a book that you've read recently that's inspired you. So I'm currently reading Extreme Ownership. You know, oh. It's written by the U.S. Navy SEALs, uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, if I pronounced their American names correctly. And it's really about uh, taking personal responsibility and accountability. Uh, I think a lot of leaders uh, complain about why certain things aren't going as well in certain areas. And I think if, if you take that as personal feedback for how you can improve and you actually take responsibility uh, even if some of the uh, some of the failings haven't really been uh, your your direct management, um, then I think it has a positive effect. So it's really just about um, owning everything, yeah, uh, and not uh, trying to sort of pass the blame you know, downwards in the organisation. Yeah, absolutely. And that word responsibility is such. I mean, if we all were just more responsible, it would be a different world, wouldn't it? Um, that that word is is such a powerful a powerful action um so lovely wonderful I, I will definitely check that out i've got about 25 different books to read at the moment because i'm judging some books as well so um but i will add that to my list that sounds right up my street and finally last but definitely not least what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given to date let me see there's there's one piece of advice that I actually, well, I didn't get given directly, but I was at a CBI conference, the Confederation of British Industries conference, and and Tony Blair was speaking uh, actually, and uh, and Sir Martin Broughton, the former chairman of British Airways, was was uh, worrying about some media attention uh, on some of their. I think they um, had some religious badges on on their uniform, which got a lot of criticism on social media. Right. And, and Sir Martin was saying, "Well, I don't understand." how we can deal with this because we did everything possible. We, we, we were thoughtful as an organization and, and we're just getting killed in the media for this. And, and Tony Blair turned around to him and said, you know, Martin, I think I would just worry about things that you can control. Uh, yeah. And, and that's always stuck with me. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a, a Blairite fan. I, I'm not so giving political, um, no. my, my political persuasions, but I thought it was an excellent piece of advice because yeah. especially as a CEO there's there's so many things to worry about that yeah. you can spend your whole life worrying and it can be a lonely place and so if you take ownership you know uh, to my point about the uh, about the navy seals book yep. and personal responsibility and then say these are the things i can control and worry about them and there's going to be a lot of other things that are going to happen and you've got to compartmentalize your your thought process to say yeah there's going to be things that are going to go wrong out of my control. And you know, I've got to be able to go home you know, in the evening and disconnect from that and not, you know, not yeah. make it enter your personal life. So uh, that's something that I think is absolutely critical. For yeah. Fantastic. And what a great piece of advice to, to finish the podcast on. Um, amazing. Thank you so much, Tim. There's just been so many insights uh, in, in there. Absolutely gold for our listeners so thank you so much i've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you and uh, conversing and uh, and thank you for your time it's an absolute pleasure michelle thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast 
You've been listening to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast. Thank you to my guest and indeed thank you to you for tuning in. Please do feel free to share the podcast with colleagues and friends who you think will enjoy it and indeed subscribe to tune in for more episodes. You'll find the podcast on all the usual platforms and all episodes are also on our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You'll also find some really useful digital and social resources on that site too. So be sure to check those out. So for now, from me, Michelle Carvel, your host on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and goodbye. Oh, P.S. If you're a business leader with something to share around digital and social technologies and you're keen to be a guest on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, michelle at carvelcreative.co.uk.